0: It's not like any other podcast, coming to you straight from the heartland where investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Paranoid Banker Podcast. Okay, yeah, so the biggest, no, the biggest isn't the right word. The most frequent phone call I've received in the last two months is this. No, I've received two frequent phone calls. The frequent phone calls that I get, and um, one will probably not be a surprise uh, to you guys. To you guys, either watching or watch, watching, <laughs> watching or listening. I think I try to put watching and listening together, as in watching. I think that's what I try to do. So, either watching or listening, uh, the first won't be a surprise. The second might be a surprise. And uh, let's go over them and let's talk about what they are. The first one is the most frequent phone call I get is from interested investors wanting to buy what we own. And I'm going to take just a moment to pat myself on the back about this because I told my partners, I told uh, potential investors, going back two, three, four years, here's what I told them. I said, there will be a point in time where we will be contacted consistently from people wanting to buy what we own, wanting to own what we own. And what's happening? We're getting calls every week, four or five a week, and I'm not even counting emails from people saying, hey, we're interested in buying this property, that property, this property, that property, four or five a week. Okay, and so that tells you the power of multifamily real estate. That tells you the power of demand for what we own, for what we have, okay, and maybe for what some of you have. So if you own multifamily right now, uh, some of you guys, you know that you're getting calls and inquiries anywhere every from everyone from individual investors to brokers and you know you're really in a level of demand where you're getting an unbelievable amount of solicitation from private parties so it's really not uncommon for me to get calls from brokers never has been uncommon matter of fact i'm a real estate broker so when i'm interested in buying somebody's property i'm calling them so that's really not uncommon And it's really not uncommon to hear from principals or investors, but the number of letters I get, the number of calls I get texts, even, I don't even know how they get my email, my phone to text me. But anyway, it's four or five a week, easy. So, you know, over a month, we're getting 25, 30 of these a month. Okay. That tells you the power of multifamily. That tells you the power of multifamily, especially right now. Now, here's the big lesson here. There's actually two. Number one is you're in the right place if you're in multifamily, and it will continue to be the right place. Okay? It'll continue to be the right place. Number two, do you think this kind of demand will last and last and last? No, it won't. So I get, as I said, about 20 to 30 calls, inquiries a month from investors wanting to own what we've got. Will that continue? No way. No way. It's at a fever pitch now because there's probably records amount of capital looking for a place to go. Multifamily is one of those places the capital wants to go. And number two, you've got low interest rates. So borrowing money at low rates in connection with capital looking for a place to go in connection with investors pushing capital, putting pressure on capital. Hey, get this invested, get it into something, get it into something, it's not making me any money where it's at now, is leading to where we're at right now, 30 inquiries a month. Okay, that won't continue. I'll say it again, that will not continue. Matter of fact, I see this starting to slow down first, second quarter of next year. Why? I think interest rates will start to creep up and I think underwriting will start to get tighter and tighter and underwriting from lenders that is, is going to start to get tighter. Okay, so the combination of those two things is going to start to have an impact. It will not lessen the how attractive multifamily is, but it will take a large start larger numbers of in potential owners and investors in multifamily will start going other places and looking elsewhere. Okay, so that's like number one. So that's like the big call I get. Um, 30 a month, 30 plus a month in you know, owning what we've got. Uh, so big lesson there in terms of you know where some of your capital should be, as long as you're making smart decisions on what you're buying and not overpaying, because right now it's very easy to overpay, very easy, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. There's a lot of inexperienced investors, inexperienced money, out there looking to buy and pull the trigger and win the deal just for the sake of buying and winning the deal. They're not spending nearly the amount of time, effort, energy on due diligence, on asset management, and on practical ways that they're going to increase the value of those communities after they buy them. It's really a matter in a lot of cases now of just overpaying for the damn thing and hoping it works out. I mean as simplistic as that sounds, that's really what you see now happening the majority of the time. So it's important to be hooked up and aligned with somebody, whether it's a manager, whether it's like somebody like me, whether it's you, you know, you're buying your own thing, you know, whatever it is, you need to make sure there's some practicality going on there and really making sure the due diligence is done, and we are using proven models of ownership, purchasing versus a model of, well, we hope it all works out. (laughs) Um, Now let's just, let's throw our projections away, let's just change it, just because we're gonna hope it all works out, just because, hey, we need to buy something. Which leads me to my second most frequent call that I've been getting. So by the way, before I leave that, make sure you're aligned with someone that knows what they're doing. Otherwise, it may feel good to own the property and what's now called win the deal nowadays, and then wish you didn't own the damn thing two years down the road. Okay, so that's like number one. Number two is 1031 exchange calls. So for those of you that don't know what a 1031 exchange is, real estate is the only investment, the only one that offers owners the ability to sell the property, the investment real estate, in our case, a multifamily property, okay, take those proceeds and reinvest in another property without paying capital gains taxes. They're deferred. They're deferred. Okay, it doesn't mean you, you, you totally get out of paying capital gains taxes. Okay, That's another discussion for another time. But investment real estate, specifically multifamily that we're talking about right now, is one of the only investments that allow you to sell for whatever, however much you can, take those proceeds, move it into another piece of real estate without paying capital gains taxes. You defer the taxes. You don't get out of it totally, Okay, but you get to defer it. Every other investment, you got to pay tax after you sell. Okay. So, as you can imagine, a lot of owners of investment real estate in the market we're in in the climate we're in right now are able to sell their properties for what I just talked about earlier, high, high prices. Okay, That carrot is being dangled in front of them like I've talked about before, okay? And so what are a lot of guys doing? Owners, what are a lot of owners doing? They're selling because they can get a lot for their properties. Makes sense. But here's the mistake that a lot of them are making. They're not thinking about where they're going to invest the proceeds. What's going to be the really replacement for this investment? What are we going to use for our replacement property? And to think you're going to be able to sell your property for a record price and go out and then buy something and get a great deal on it at maybe a discount or in your eyes, get a great deal on it You're smoking something. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And I'm running into a lot of investors that think that that should be happening. So the call I get four or five times a week is from the investor that says, hey, Darren, I've sold this property. I've got my money in a trust account. I'm looking to buy something else. Do you have anything I can buy? I've got to complete an exchange. Okay, this is a problem because you're really in what I call 1031 jail, right? You're in 1031 jail. So first of all, it's really nice to be able to sell your property and make a nice profit on it. Congratulations. That's all good. So I think a lot of investors lose sight of that. Hey, you just made money. You made a lot of money in, some, in, in most cases. So good for you. Good for you. But what you don't wanna do then is all that money that you've made, you then overpay for something so much that at the end of the day, whatever amount of profit you just made on that huge sale, you've just lost it by overpaying for something. That's what's happening right now. That's what's happening. I can't count how many times I've talked to an investor that bought something, paid for something. I've talked to a broker, a recent project we worked on, we tried to buy, sold for an unbelievable price. I would never put my partnership or my partners in the situation of buying a property for this price, for, for the price that was paid for it. Okay. And again, for the record, I'm not a cheap ass guy. I'm not looking, I mean, I'll buy at a discount, but I'm not looking to you know, shave everything off of there. I'm looking to get a good project but the price that was paid for this was unbelievable. So I'm talking to the broker, I'm like, I don't get it. Well, they had to complete an exchange. They had to. That's a bad position to be in. And I've had other podcasts where I've talked about the worst thing you can do is tell people you're looking to complete an exchange. That's like one of the worst things you can do. So here's what's happening. You're in 1031 jail. You've sold your property. You've made a lot of money. You're looking to reinvest it, but you didn't do any work ahead of time to buy something that A is gonna be a profitable property. I mean, that's the reason why we do this, right? Is to buy a profitable property, right? No, you're gonna overpay just to do what? Complete the exchange. And of course, everybody's situation is different it may make sense to overpay a little bit based on the amount of capital gains tax you may have to pay and all of those i know that not everything sits you know fits in the in the same jar i know that not everybody's situation is the same i get that but i also know there's a lot of people that are out there bewildered frustrated and surprised that they can't find anything to buy and, but and if they do find something they're going to be paying such a high premium for it that almost all of that profit, and in some cases, all of the profit that they really made on that sale is now not really much of a profit because of how much they're overpaying for those properties, okay? And I call that 1031 jail. And let me tell you what we do. Because I run into the same thing. Okay, so earlier this year we sold four of our smaller properties—16 uh, unit, all the way up to a 36 unit property. Four properties, okay. And the goal is to take the proceeds, of course, buy something bigger. So we're gonna take those four properties and we're going to buy one large apartment community. So just think of it this way. We're gonna convert four addresses into one address that has more units than the four units we already had at four separate addresses, okay? And we had properties identified. Long story short, we were outbid on all those properties. We were outbid. So. You're outbid. You can't buy those now. What do you do? You keep looking for others to buy. We made more offers. Again, outbid. And so what I found out was, there is a certain level of price that we are ready, willing, and able to pay. We're we're, we're, ready. we're even we're even capable of stretching that a little bit. But what we're not going to do is over freaking pay for stuff especially because everybody else is doing it. That makes sense? So I would rather take my profit, pay the tax, distribute the proceeds and not overpay than to overpay and wish I didn't two, three, four years down the road. And frankly, the jury is out on this. I'll know in two or three years whether we should have really overpaid for these or not. I don't know, but based on my experience, the smart thing to do is to take your profit, pay the tax, distribute the proceeds versus overpaying so much that you're not really gaining anything other than moving chairs on the deck of the ship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So let's kind of come full circle here with this week's podcast. Okay. Number one, the demand is there for multifamily from every direction. It will continue to be there. I'll continue to get calls. I'll continue to get texts. Um, I'll continue to get emails. Um, sometimes about our whole portfolio, some, most of the time about individual communities that we own, okay? Uh, and so the demand will continue. And I foresee that demand continuing into first, second quarter of next year, and you'll start to see that demand slowly start to taper off, okay? There'll be other places where the capital will be attracted to, number one. Number two, rates are going to start to go up. They're going to have to go up, folks, because inflation is just crazy right now. They're going to go up. And so you're going to see rates go up uh, and you're going to see demand start to wane and look at other places other than multifamily. Now, does that mean that demand's just going to snap my finger? There we go. Stop, stop. No, demand won't stop for multifamily. Of course not. There's still going to be a hell of a lot of demand, but it's going to start to taper off. Okay, that's number one. That's going into the next first first second quarter of 2022. Um, number two, 1031 jail. Uh, for those of you that are tempted to sell, uh, looking for a place to park your money, um, looking for the replacement property, start getting your ducks in a row now before you decide to pull the trigger and sell and then worry about it. Because what you'll find is a difficult time locating replacement properties and not overpaying so much that you're going to be laying awake at night worrying if you did the right thing. And really what a lot of this comes down to in both of these scenarios is this. It's really making sure you just don't do what everybody else does. So, I mean, this this is going to sound so oversimplistic. I know. But if you look in the world of multifamily real estate right now, especially multifamily. What do you see a lot of people doing? What are most people doing? Most people are buying and overpaying. That's what most people are doing. Okay? Most people are selling and trying to find something to buy. That's what most people are doing. If there's been anything that we've been taught, from investors that have reputations of being like really good at what they do, it's you do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. You do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And so keep that in mind, especially when we're talking about 1031 jail. Okay, when you're talking about that, and also the current demand for multifamily Right now, okay. All right. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com.